Last time on Dice Funk. You're an adventuring party and you go around and you help people. Uh, so I'm going to be playing a character named Sasha Greer. She is a bard and she's an Aarakocra, which is a bird person, except they have wings and hands. Leah Moira Melbeck, a middle-aged gif, um, G-I-F-F, which is basically the hippo race. I'm going to be a middle-aged space hippo lady. Uh, I'm going to be playing this season Dr. Olivia Adler. Uh, she is a merfolk cleric. Uh, so Drake is an ogre. His background is, he's a, he's a paladin. His background is a uh, criminal. Uh, you guys are on a moon called Pell 3. And wouldn't it just make more sense to leave the spiders here and send them off with the ship? Dorothy, eh? So, like, what do you like to do, Dorothy? <laughs> I work at a coffee shop! Please let me go! <laughs> Our ship could use a cook. So that is the first mission, is a distressed beacon on a terrible, irradiated planet. The second mission is on a planet called Hypatia. There were reports of poachers sighted on Hypatia. No! But you're going to need to go to both. It's just about which one you are, you are willing to prioritize. Uh, I say the distress beacon. Seems like we've all got a fairly, fairly solid idea for this. Uh, right, we'll let them know we are taking the mission to go and uh, go after that distress beacon first. Austin, you were saying this is the tendril season, huh? <laughs> Don't get your hopes up too high. They're not fun tendrils. They're scary space tendrils. How do you know that's not fun? Any tendril can be a fun tendril if you put your sexy mind to it. That's what that's my family motto. Anyway, my voice that you're hearing now belongs to Austin Yorski, Dungeon Master for season five. That's what you're listening to now. At the first couple of episodes of every season, we reintroduce ourselves because we have new listeners and every season needs to stand alone. So if you've never heard me before, you probably aren't used to my voice and the name that goes with it. It's Austin Yorski. That's me. What's up? Hello. Also, Laura's here. Hello, I'm Laura. I play Captain Liam Moira Malbec. I'm a space hippo that gets very drunk. I'm me. Hello. I'm Lauren. I play uh, a bird. Her name is Sasha. Her last name is Greer. She's a barn owl. She has wings and hands because that's cool. My name's Christopher Lario, so this is what my voice sounds like. <laughs> I knew it! Helpful. <laughs> no, my name's Chris, and I'm playing Olivia the Doctor. Merfolk person. Steve Dave. <laughs> Steve Dave. Uh. <laughs> And I'm Conrad Zimmerman, and I am playing Drag, the very large orc security officer. He's too Ogre. big for those doors. He's too Ogre, big. Yes. He's too big. Yes. I'm too big for the doors. Does he have layers? No. Oh, so no, he does not. He's not like a parfait. He has no layers. He is not like a parfait. <laughs> he's a flat character, totally static. Totally flat, <laughs> completely static. Nothing will change with Drag.
no he development. Will spend the entire season just. So he's not Shrek. No, no, no. Damn. Shrek, famously a very dynamic character, goes through a lot of arcs. <laughs> by the end of, I actually haven't kept up with the series. Who knows what he's like now? Hey, hey, that first film, he didn't want anyone in his sh- his swamp, and then he more says swamp, <laughs> and then he got better with people being in his swamp. <laughs> What the? Okay. Yeah, but but really, he was only okay with people like him being in his swamp, if you really think about it. And Donkey. Well, yeah, but was he really okay with Donkey being in his swamp, or was he tolerating Donkey being in his swamp? I'm just saying, there might be a metaphor at play here. Deep questions. About Shrek. About Shrek. All right, so last we left this adventure, uh, the Bastards, which is the name of this team against all odds, um, are going off to the first mission of the season. Not the first mission they've done together, but a lot of those were just routine missions that we don't need to concern ourselves with. This one uh, is going to be on the planet Fairmont, but on the way there, we have some things to talk about. Uh, The first is um, the planet is totally irradiated. Are you guys just planning on landing, getting out, and then dying, or? Does it, did, as a spaceship, would we not have, like, radiation suits or some shit? I don't know. Uh, I'm the planner, can, so can I just say we have radiation suits? You absolutely can. This can be a, this can be an ask and answer thing where you use your conduit of conspiracies to have prepared radiation suits ahead of time. If you do that, you will not have that ability for the rest of the mission. So it's a risk-reward thing. Do you want to solve this right now with a single word, or do you want to think of another solution and save up your conduit power? Is there any living culture or any sort of sentient species that lives on Fairmont? No. Without a functional atmosphere, there's nothing to breathe, and there's nothing to stop the UV UV radiation from turning you inside out. Is there any expectation for what if somebody was visiting Fairmont would do that exists? Like, if I was going to go underwater, I'd be like, well, people use scuba suits for those. and It probably goes beyond that. But the expectation is if you go there, you die. It's very much. So I could have done a whole thing where every planet is like a wacky Rick and Morty over the top uh, masturbatory exercise in my imagination. But because this is an audio show and you can't see all of my kooky designs, and also it's something you guys need to role play in, they're a bit more grounded than they could be. Uh, So this is very much like the planet Mercury in our solar system. It's not a place you would want to go. It sucks. It's a very bad planet. Um, I have a lot of cool bard shit for when we're in the shit. So, I mean, I feel comfortable using my conduit power for this if you guys think it's a good idea. Here's the thing. I cannot help us with this problem because for once I'm playing a character who all she do is shoot good. (laughs) I I don't have any of that fancy magic nonsense. So as long as you, you use your conduit to plan for enough radiation suits for us, dot, 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 Yes, I was going to have them be the perfect suits. The, the problem that we potentially have is, are we going to need a suit for the person that we try and bring back? Because if, we, if we're planning to have suits now, can we plan to have one for that person? Well, I, I only get one permission, so I feel like I get to do a lot of shit with it. Because <laughs> I'm the boss now. Just check. Could I roll a medical check to see if there's anything we can do to survive there outside of just immediately dying. So this is a fun uh, introduction to this concept for the audience. But uh, in in Dice Funk, when someone asks, uh, can I do X? The answer is always yes. 
It's just, can <laughs> yeah. you can you explain it? Uh, I rolled an 11. Do I know of a way, like, uh, something that we could do that would prevent us from being destroyed immediately by the UV rays? Do we have sunscreen? With an 11, you have an above average uh, understanding of, ra- <laughs> of radiation poisoning. A sunscreen would probably be very limited in effect. However, you know that you, as the conduit of prevention, uh, are immune to poison. And radiation sickness is a kind of poison, which that falls under. And Dreg, as a paladin, has something called divine health. And he is immune to poison. So actually, you only need... Uh, enough sunscreen as it were for captain melbeck and sasha greer so uh if someone wants to do some kind of alchemy to make uh su- sunscreen which is was was your suggestion it's not out of the realm of possibility it would just be a very short term you'd need to be sprinting across the planet to try to get it before it's you know uh evaporates off your body well i could do that and i can also i have a, a spell protection from poison which I can use, but it only lasts for an hour and only helps one person. And that would still leave us one person down. One person. Plus whoever we're trying to bring back. Yeah. But then again, I guess if they're not already suited up, they're probably dead, huh? We just got a signal, so they could be, I guess, maybe in their ship still, and they just haven't roasted alive yet. Make a big old pot of sunscreen. The the other thing that we have going on here is... The Markov system doesn't have too many planets. We're probably going to have to come back here at some point. It might be a, a an investment to make nice and early on is to be able to come down to this planet without having to find a time-limited solution each time. Yeah, so I was like, suits aren't a bad idea because uh, I'm assuming that we would just have them in our inventory for the rest of the campaign. If you spend your conspiracy, yes. Yeah, so it is a long-term investment. As I said, I can make sure to put in there that it's like they have like a little. I'm imagining one of those hamster water bottles and like <laughs> what? Snacks. They're gonna be like I want like spacesuits, like good old radiation-free, like perfect spacesuits, like magic, like little house spacesuits. Uh huh. All right. So there's an there's another concept for new listeners. There's a thing we sometimes call overthink squad, where someone's yeah. given <laughs> a very simple task like open a door. And we spend 10 minutes discussing uh, what the door is made out of and what the lock looks like and if the door smells weird. Um, so I think we've, we've officially found ourselves in overthink squad territory. Okay. I'm making an executive decision. Go plan planner. Yes. I'm going to spend my conduit of conspiracy to get us top of the line, top notch, radiation proof spacesuits. All right. So you have one for every member of the team and then extras. How, how many extras do you think you can carry? Probably everyone can carry one extra. So let's say you have eight. Yeah. Yes, perfect. Thank you. I'll add this to my inventory so I don't forget we have those for the future. All right. Problem solved. Asked and answered. Uh, one last thing we need to talk about before we actually start the mission proper is how space travel actually works. Because there's a lot of different science fiction and we don't need to drill down too far. This isn't a hard sci-fi show where we need to do any maths or anything. But for the fiction, I do want to establish that there is no such thing as faster than light travel in this setting. Uh, for a variety of reasons, I won't bore bore you with it that much. But the way that these ships work is that they have some limited teleportation, um, which they use to travel across the big gaps in space. But then they have to fly under normal power uh, onto and off of planets. Uh, this is because during the Illithid Wars, which make up the backstory of this campaign, people started teleporting bombs into each other's planets, and it was very bad for everyone involved. So most planets, definitely all inhabited planets are surrounded by an anti-teleportation 
effect, a, a spell or a technology of some sort. So people aren't teleporting on and off of planets. Also, that's the same kind of thing people needed to adapt for like bank vaults because that was untenable for a while there. Um, so you basically fly off of Pell 3 where you were on using your normal ship power. And then once you get sufficiently far away, then you can teleport to a safe distance from Fairmont and then fly down onto the surface. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I get you. I feel you. All right. So that's the way the ship works. So in the meantime, you guys are, um, you know, all sitting around getting your spacesuits on and getting all your weapons loaded and everything. Uh, do you guys want to talk about anything before you land? I'll mention to Drag that, uh, so, hey, uh, if we see any more people who are bad guys, can we not step on them this time? Depends. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it goes without, like, saying, but on? <laughs> on what? Will they have to die? I mean, theoretically, nobody has to die. I mean, everybody dies. I mean, we all do, but <laughs> Dreg like step. Come on, from from ogre step. I don't know if they necessarily have to die. Will we die? <laughs> Fair enough. I see where you're going. Touche. <sighs> Just uh, let that be the limiter. Ah, uh, I love when Dreg do a big step. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can I get a vehicle? Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A vehicle proficiency check from Captain Melbeck to bring this bird down. Yes, I I have that. Uh, uh, that's a seven. That's a bit of a rough landing, Captain. That's a bit of a rough planet, okay? Oops. All right, so you're okay with that roll? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to re-roll this one. Seven is not so below average. It's a little bumpy, but I I, I feel like that's okay. Do we really want to risk getting stranded on the, the burn-to-death planet? <laughs> yeah, who knows how to fix a ship? Okay, fine, I'll take a shot and I'll, I'll, I'll steady my nerve. Well, let's re-roll. Fine. Conduit of, conduit of spirits. Uh, oh, there we go. Fifteen, there you go. Are you happy now, kids? <laughs> I had a shot before I landed, you happy? Thank you, Mom. Uh, Alright, so you guys bring the Snallygaster down. Uh, close to the planet Fairmont, and it starts um, looking pretty rough there for a second, but a quick swig, and you, you steady your hands, and you bring the ship down onto the planet's surface near where the distress signal is coming from. Um, this planet, as, has, as we've discussed, sucks in a major way. It sucks out loud. It is basically just um, harsh metal terrain. Like, as in this planet, which is very small, compared to, say, Earth, um, is nearly the same in gravity because it's so dense with metals. So it's not like, oh, you're going to step out and walk across the sandy, like, moon surface. It's like walking on, uh, like, steel. And it's it's just very bad because it's extremely hot out and the there's no protection from anything. So all the wind, all of the, the sun and stuff, it's just directly on your shit. So as you guys step out of the Snallygaster... In your suits, of course. I'm going to need survival checks for you guys to, to even get away from the ship. Do you guys think there's any like cool radioactive cryptids that can smooch in this planet? <laughs> I rolled a 13. I rolled a 3. 3 is pretty good. So we're able to track those cryptids. 14 for me. Oops, 8. Uh, so we have a 13 and a 14. That's two passing. So the group passes. So uh, although Sasha and Dreg uh, are not uh, well acclimated to this environment, the ranger 
and the medic leads you guys ahead uh, away from the ship and towards this the source of the signal. Uh, quick question. While we're heading towards the source of that signal, are there any signs of tracks or anything? Um, let's see. Perception check to look around the area where you guys landed. I'm going to do that too. But I'm going to like... I use... crit! Oh. <laughs> I want to enhance with my cool owl eyes. You can still roll. I got a four. I don't see shit. Enhance, 20. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, 12. <laughs> I like pretend to zoom in my eyes like binoculars. All right, so we have two 20s. Very good. Um, so the first thing you notice, especially uh, Dr. Adler with your crit, is that if there were any prints, they would not last long because the solar winds uh, with no pr- prophylactic between the planet and the void of space just shears off the surface of this uh, planet with regularity. And it, there's like no good place to even make footprints, especially on the hard metal surface. However, you do see um, in the distance, in the direction of the signal, you do see uh, something poking out over the ridge and it seems to be another ship. So you're, you're going in the right direction. You guys landed right and you, you passed all your checks so far. So you have it. Sweet. Would we say that the the ship is within about 100 feet of us? Yes. Okay. So I want to do something. So part of uh, my biotic powers uh, is to detect motion. Specifically, it's kind of what she does. So a lot of her biotic abilities relate to motion. And one of the things I could do is my channel divinity, which allows me to detect all movement within a 100-foot radius of me. So I want to try to do that and see how many people are on board the ship and kind of what condition they're in, because it would let me know if, like, you know, there's heartbeats or anything like that on board. All right, so you use Steve Dave, who is basically your <laughs> um, spellcasting focus for cleric purposes. Uh, no, this is actually something she uses. It's independent of Steve Dave. This is the biotic implant she has. So how does that look to the audience? Uh, you just, like, I mean, raise a hand? You just do the the psychic hand to the forehead thing? could do that i mean i think mass effect had a bunch of like blue squiggles <laughs> around that's when you let you know somebody was being kinetic <laughs> it's like blue energy waves that were kind of like dragon ball z but blue i mean you do <laughs> dragon ball z but blue okay <laughs> you, you do have me right there <laughs> uh so you do some blue squiggles at the ship you guys see poking over the ridge and you do not detect any movement or life forms uh-oh okay i'll i'll let the group know about that Oh no, the cryptids! <laughs> I think I feel like I can't fly because my wings are in my suit, so I'm just gonna run as fast as my little talons can take me. All right, so Sasha just yells, "It's cryptids!" and runs off, and nobody even humors her. <laughs> that the image is amazing, though, because I just <laughs> I just see arms flat at side and just tottering along in this little spacesuit. I, I just me. I like to think that the captain has seen her do this enough times that it's like, oh, she's just doing one of her, I think it's cryptid runs. It's fine. <laughs> she's at the supermarket. They're like, oh, they're out of hot dog buns. It's cryptids. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally every single situation. That's fine. We love Sasha already. Um, she's like four foot nothing. So even at full sprint, Dreg's just walking at a normal pace is keeping up with Faster. you. <laughs> yeah. You know what that's like. Yeah. Yep. Don't fucking call me out. all right so sasha's the first over the ridge uh you see the ship that you are presumably here to find that's what sent out the distress signal it is a dragonfly 
model. Oh, that's cute. Um, so last episode when Lauren suggested a bunch of names for the ship and they were all cryptids, all animals essentially, uh, you unknowingly stepped onto the fact that pretty much all ships in Spelljammer are named after animals. <gasps> oh. Um, like the death spider we saw last time, the dragonfly you found this time. Other ships include, say, the dolphin, the scorpion, the urchin. The snallygaster. Can I roll history to know what who what kind of dudes usually fly dragonfly ships? You really should. Oh, I'm supposed to be proficient in that. Dang. Eight. Uh, Fifteen, when I get over and see it's a dragonfly. Uh, so, Sasha, you see the ship first and you don't know what to make of it. Uh, and then behind you comes Dr. Adler with her big, smart doctor brain. And she knows that this is a uh, pretty ordinary ship. It's not like a special ops, you know, super ship or anything. It's not like a, the Lamborghini of ships. It's the Honda Accord of ships. Small, ah. uh, smaller than the Snallygaster. Uh, a crew of like 10 tops, maybe. It's the, the ideal adventuring parties ship, in fact. Uh, the Snallygaster is a bit bigger um, for a bunch of reasons. Probably you guys have uh, eccentric interests that may require you to hold, say, a captured cryptid or something. Yes. For example. My new boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, that raises questions. <laughs> no, no, wait. Throw him in the boyfriend no. hold. <laughs> the boyfriend brig. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm going to call my bedroom from now on. The boyfriend brig. <laughs> Um, so the, the dragonfly is the kind of ship that an adventuring party would use is what, you know, um, it's not particularly heavily armed, uh, sp funny spell jammer ships are equipped with, uh, catapults for combat, not like laser guns you might expect, but I'm actually going to change that for our purposes. Cause that's a, a bit too silly. So it has like light sci-fi weapons, but nothing major. It's not going to win any fights. It can maybe just buy time. Um, when, when the captain gets over, she's just going to knock on the hull and just go, oh, you in there, anyone? <laughs> Hello? You get no response, and you do know from, uh, Dr. Adler's, uh, blue Dragon Ball Z stuff that no one's in there. Um. Well, well, there's no one moving. It didn't mean that, like, someone could have been immobile in there. I don't know. Sure. Um, is there, like, a door? <laughs> ships tend to have them can i just go in um uh, you find the door is locked uh can i roll another survival to see if it looks like anybody like left from here yeah <laughs> sorry 20 bitch nice um yes in fact you see although there like i said the surface of this planet does not conduct um footsteps very well because it's mostly hard metal and scouring solar winds uh you do see some scratch marks as if uh, somebody uh, moved away from the ship. And they peter out, uh, but you see which which direction they went in. Okay, now that seems like a good first direction to go. If we don't find anything that way, Dreg, do you reckon you could just rip the door off this thing if we require it? I don't know. Hmm. Uh... Dreg, you're a big strong boy. I'm sure you could probably manage it if we need it. <laughs> a big strong boy. <laughs> I mean, I can make a roll for it now. Yeah, strength check. Yeah. Yeah. All Might as well peek in. Let's do that. See if there's any cryptos in there. See if there's any Yeah, oh, we're, okay. Right. Or any clues about what they were here to do. Oh, sorry, that should be, well, it's 21. Yeah. Yeah, with a, tw with a 21, Drake, you peel the door off like the top of a tuna can. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that comes with the little snaps. Open. Um. So, first of all, the, the ship is not full of cryptids. That would have been, been fun, though. 
Um, it is eerily silent. I assume you explore it. Roll investigation. Oh, I botched. I also botched. Oh, no. 13? <laughs> 17. Drag the most... <laughs> the most notable of us all. At a di- <laughs> I rolled this at a minus two. All of us are like, there are no cryptids anywhere. <laughs> He's just like, you see this? This su- like the suicide note on the console or anything like that. Like what? No, we have two botches, so that cannot go unpunished. Uh, Drag rolls the door off, and everyone starts walking inside, and just bull in a china shop stomping around the ship. Um, the first thing you notice is that this does seem like it supported life. Like there's like clothes and, you know, uh, you know, silverware and food and knickknacks. It looked, you know, not unlike your ship, at which point um, both Captain Melbeck and Sasha Greer trigger traps that were in no! this ship. Uh, everybody, your dexterity saving throw. <sighs> oh, I'm good at that. I'm surprisingly dexterous for a big hippo. Me too. Five. Five. Fifteen. <laughs> Uh, seven. All right. Only Sasha avoids what is actually a Claymore mine. She kicks. <gasps> uh, it's it's Sasha's fault, and she's the only one who doesn't get I'm hurt. I'm so sorry. Oops. Why is it my fault? She botched too. Oh, that's that's still happening. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. So only three damage. I didn't roll well. That's, that's on me there. As fragments pe- pelt the team, and then Melbeck, because you also botched, you k- hit a tripwire, which also explodes. So <laughs> dexterity saving throws again. I'm getting, uh. I'm getting shot choked up it's so funny 17 15 16 wow come on you can do it yeah 17 all right everybody saves don't need to roll damage wow <laughs> so after getting pelted by a claymore after a moment ago you're like oh we'll dodge the second one <laughs> right yeah i assume uh with the explosion you are on guard and when you fo- foot hits the tripwire you stop yourself from severing it and blowing everyone up but the the claymore did damage the ship oops so that's going to make investigation hard and maybe make flying out of here in this thing impossible. You have blown a hole in the bottom of it. I vote we leave. <laughs> we uh, we never, we never, we were never here. Goodbye. <laughs> <Bye. laughs> oh, dangerous irradiation of the planet. Damaged your ship. We don't know about that. I, I just want to make it canon that the Claymore didn't really hurt us because of my awesome suits. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you don't get any AC bonuses, you sneaky little sneak. No, I'm not sad. I wasn't even trying for that. I just wanted to feel good about myself. Um, as as we're going around, uh, Captain Melbeck's just going to be like, oh, I, re- I remember one of these old ships. I used to, I used to, used to fly one of these things around when I first started adventuring before I, uh, before I decided it'd be nice to have some company and then upgrade it on size. I used to, I used to just have this nice little, uh, I guess, space bachelor pad, one of these. We may have destroyed it. Well, uh, it's, it's fine. They're, 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 they're a dime a dozen. It's not, it's not like our ship. If our ship got destroyed, ooh, ooh, I'd be, a, I'd not be in a good state. But this, oh, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm sure they don't owe any, like, monthly payments on it or anything. Yeah, that's what insurance is for. For other people coming on your ship and blowing up your claymore. Exactly. Right. Now, has anyone spotted anything of any actual use? Uh, I vote we follow the tracks I found. Okay, well, we, we stomped in, we'll just stomp back out. Is that the case? 
Is there any chance we could try to investigate, I guess, even the clothes that we were noting to see what kind of creatures, how many of them were on the ship? Ooh. Okay, so the investigation check was the one that was double botched, and also now the scene is damaged, so it's going to be pretty hard. Can you uh, justify a different role, perhaps, for me? Well, I could potentially use, I have a cantrip of uh, mending, so I could repair things if the damage is less than a foot large. So I could repair, like, the clothing and stuff like that. So I can't fix the giant hole in the ship, but I could potentially fix, like, the small stuff that might still give us clues as to who was on the ship. Sure, that's cool. So you use mending to fix some of the stuff damaged by the blast, but not the ship itself. Just enough to make a cursory investigation of this room. Um, Let's say, here's what you find. Uh, First thing is that most of the clothing appears to be humanoid except for there is one quarters that is clearly not. So you encrypted. So you find let's say uh human clothes, human clothes, maybe elf clothes and then something else. Does that something else look like it might be an aberration? Uh it sounds like you want to maybe use a ranger feature? Uh yeah, so here's the thing. I'm trying to work out if there's any chance that as a ranger, I have a favorite a favored enemy type, which is aberrations. If I am tracking an aberration, I get advantage on survival checks to track them. So aberration here is a D word, which usually just means gross thing, but we're gonna we're using it in this campaign to mean alien. So Okay, yeah. In in that case, okay, um now that we know that there is an alien in their party, I can I can hopefully get advantage on my survival checks to try and track them. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else anyone else wants to do in the shit before we head off tracking? I don't want to steal their shit. I feel like that'd be rude. <laughs> oh, that's rude. That's rude. You know, <laughs> tearing their door off and then blowing up their claymores inside there. Okay, that- they shouldn't have set traps and the door was for their own safety. <laughs> Boom, I solved it. I think they were going to need the door if they were going to go back into space. We can take them with us. They're staying in your room. I can't wait until you guys get back to your ship and it's been stolen and <laughs> there's just a note said you should have left traps. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, <clears throat> we left traps. Okay, so totally. if we're not doing anything else on the ship, uh, Captain Melbeck is going to do a survival check, specifically trying to uh, track the aberration to get advantage, so... Let's have a look. First roll is a 10. Second roll is a 17. Nice. Yep. With a 17, you do know that it went in this direction. And you you know from the scratches that whatever made that was the aberration you're tracking. So the humanoids would not leave scratches, whatever that means. That's comforting. Yeah. Maybe it's like a cool alien dog. <laughs> as, as as we start wandering that direction... Um, Captain Melbeck's just gonna just gonna try and do some 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 nice banter with the party, so she's just gonna kick off with um Ew, I I'm I'm uh, it's it's been a while since I've been here, but I'm glad to glad to have some company. This 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 adventuring on these sort of planets when you're uh, by yourself, it's it's remarkable how quickly this place feels incredibly large for the smallest place in the uh, in the system. You've been here before? Why? Uh 
Well, yes, I, I was I was here once. Uh, I I heard rumor. Turns out there's nothing to it. I heard rumor that there was a very very smoochable tentacle faced alien that was for some reason oh, fuck. shacked up on this planet. And I thought, well, I've never kissed anything with a- with uh, tentacles on its face. Why not give it a look? You mean a cryptid? Uh, I don't know if it's specifically a cryptid. I just thought tentacles. That's a new kissing sensation to try. <laughs> <laughs> Are most of your destinations based solely off of the kissability of what lies beyond? Um, I wouldn't say most. I would say that there's like maybe maybe a twenty percent maybe twenty percent of them are I heard there's something nice and smoochable there. There's about eighty percent that are actual, you know, I heard there's something of value that might keep keep food on the table, but I don't know. What about what about you all? What do what 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 brought you all to space if not the smoochability of new races? <laughs> um, cryptids. Although I haven't found any, I feel real real cheated. Well, if I if I find any 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 cryptids and you're not around, I will at the very least make sure I note down how smoochable they were for you in excruciating detail. No, just give me my number. Oh, fine, fine, spoil sport. Cryptids have phones, right? That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're cryptids, because they're very easy to find in contact. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other rest of you? What are you, what are, what are your interests in the in the space? The void, the void of space. The money. <laughs> yeah, money. That's certainly a thing, I I suppose. When, coming from coming from Earth, there's not a uh, you know, socialist utopia, not not much of a place for capitalist uh, gains anymore, is it? You'd be surprised. Lore note, the fact that he do- does not have a social safety net is uh, unusual. This sticks out to you as something that uh, seems shady or strange and probably uh, requires further investigation because in, in our post-scarcity Star Trek-esque future, most people can, you know, find some kind of assistance in a populated system yeah is there anything anything particular you have you got some sort of end game for your money in mind or is this sort of a just i like wealth in the way that dragons like wealth (laughs) dragons like wealth i've never met a dragon i've never met one either but this is what i hear i hear many stories of just big old mountains of gold yeah they like to nap on them i mean same I can't see the... It doesn't look very comfortable to me, but... Make a nest out of it. I've seen money. (laughs) It goes in pockets. And then it goes away. I feel like I could fit in your pocket. (laughs) Oh my god, can you baby Bjorn her around, please? (laughs) (laughs) So Drake's gonna... Drake's gonna try and pick her up. Aww. Please be gentle. <laughs> I'm a bird. You're nine feet of pure muscle. She's like four feet hollow. A bird. Yeah, because to be able to fly, she needs to be as light as possible. So she's essentially empty inside. Oh, big mood. <laughs> um, all I'm right. just going to pick her up and put her on my shoulder because I think that would actually yes. work. Oh, I can see everything now. You can see for miles and miles and miles. Uh, let me, can I roll another perception with my newfound height? Yeah, with advantage. <laughs> oh, because I have cool eyes. I love this idea of you guys basically are master blaster. <laughs> oh, thank God for advantage, because I got a 13, not a botch. 
All right, with a 13, uh, you think you see something shimmer on the cold metal ground up ahead. And it's gone in a second, but you thought you saw something. I think I saw something shimmer, and now it's gone. But I think I saw something. That's an accurate report, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you you for this very helpful intel. It was very useful. Uh, I point where it was. It's up there, and that's kind of spooky. Was it spooky? Because I feel like that's spooky. It was maybe a little spooky. It was just like, you know, when you're walking in the desert and sometimes the air gets like weird and wiggly. The air got weird and wiggly. <laughs> no. uh, was it a mirage? Maybe. Why don't you investigate it? Let's go. You got any uh, investigations? No, not negative two. Okay, so add three to that. So 20. Uh, with a 20, you find where the ground was weird for a second, and you walk over and investigate it, and you don't see anything. It just looks like flat metal ground. Um, Somebody on the ground investigate. All right, so Drag will just start walking in the direction she's pointing. and So you guys start just like walking around the spot and poking it and jumping up and down on it, and you f- guys hear a voice in your head. <gasps> no, spooky. And it says... Go away! Aw, we're here to help. Where? You cannot help me. Leave. I bet I can. You'd be astonished at how much we're like actually able to help. We're surprisingly competent this season on Dice Funk. <laughs> <laughs> we say after just failing twice. Shh! That first mission we did all right. Um, uh-huh. are, are you the one who sent that distress beacon? No, that was not me. Please leave. It is not safe here. Um, what are you going to do? My work. It's very important. Come on, just just come out, just come out here. Show us face to face. We'll have an actual conversation rather than all this cryptic <laughs> nonsense. I cannot leave. You must go. Where can't you leave? Why? I want to try and persuade this thing to surface. So um, I'm I'm going to just say to it, we, we know that this planet is, is rather inhospitable and not a particularly great place to be, which is exactly why we're here. We're trying to, trying to find a group of people who landed and seemingly got in some trouble. If you could just show yourself and just we could just have a conversation, we'll let you get back to your day. If, 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 if you could just give us a moment of your time. Uh, sounds like you want to roll persuasion. Uh, that's a seven, and I'm going to take a shot to re-roll, which, after I do this, is going to incur my first drunkenness penalty, so... Uh, before you do that, oh, I mean, I-, I could take a turn at persuasion. It's fine. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna re-roll once just because I I wanna I wanna get the drunkenness table rolling and start talking about what that does, because I think that's cool, so. Uh a 19 on my second persuasion. Um, okay. All right, so yeah, this is a good opportunity to introduce the mechanic. As you said before, doing your conduit will eventually make you useless, but there are some steps along the way in the exhaustion table. Do you want to tell the audience about that? So every two rerolls I do with my conduit of spirits will move me one step up the exhaustion table. Uh so basically the first drink nothing goes on. Second drink, I start getting disadvantage on ability checks. Uh, Then once I hit four drinks, uh, my speed is halved. Once I hit six drinks, I get disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. 
eight drinks, my hit point maximum is halved. Uh, ten drinks, my speed reduces to zero. And twelve drinks, I just pass the fuck out. Yeah, so six is the first big one. It makes you very uh, unhelpful in combat. And ten means you literally cannot move. So... Those are kind of the two big milestones. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hit point maximum is halved is a big one as well, but I can get away with probably about five drinks and be mostly okay-ish. Yeah. Before you start pushing But it. obviously, like, the one of the things is because I get disadvantage on ability checks from the time I hit two drinks, that's going to start very early making it tempting to just keep re-rolling. Yeah. Uh, so with a 19, you succeed, and you tell this thing that... So what's the gist of your argument again? The gist of my argument is, we came here because there are some people who need help. We're not going away anytime soon, so you might as well just come up and give us a second of your time. You may be able to help. You are armed? Yes, we're armed. We're certainly, certainly good at fighting things. I have two arms. Yeah, he does. Indeed, he's got, two, he's got two very strong ones. And two feet. They're very good for stepping. More than I do. <gasps> Is it going to be a worm? Is it a worm? Where are you, dude? As you say that, the spot where you guys have been investigating and unable to find the <laughs> door open button on it, um, the, do- the door uh, shows itself as the ground splits in half. And slides open as there is a hatch in the ground here. And there's a stairs leading down into something. Well, no time like the present. Indeed. Down we go. Yeah. I want to go back on Dreg's shoulder. I feel safe up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a great idea in a tunnel. Yeah, no, I know. So you guys descend the stairs down from Fairmont's surface and the ground slash now ceiling uh, begins to close behind you, trapping you down here, which is a thing. That's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Drake has proven he can, he, doors aren't a problem for Drake. <laughs> That's true. When he can find them, he can, he has no problem at all. <laughs> it's the first one. Um <laughs> So you guys reach the bottom of these stairs and you find yourself in uh, the kind of foyer for whatever facility you're in. There's like a desk where like a secretary might sit and behind it there's a door. And on the wall uh, you'd see some signage that is in, uh, it's in deep speech, which is not actually what it's called when it's written because it's braille. Uh, It's a braille equivalent of deep speech uh, because mind flayers read it through touch. Yeah. They talk telepathically, but they they can when they write it, it's in touch. So there's some kind of braille on the wall there. Uh, I have deep speech, so I'm gonna go and feel that braille. It says testing facility sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Nice, 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 nice. Nice, 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 nice. Um, so that's what you see. There's a hallway uh, behind the door behind this desk, but there's no one here, and the lights are low, as in like power saver mode. Hello. Do we just let ourselves in? I scream that down the hall. Yeah. Once again, the voice that answers you does not come from your surroundings. It comes from inside your head. And the voice says, please be careful. It's not safe. Can you tell us what's happening? The subjects got out of their cages. Uh Uh-oh. Oopsie doodle. What kind of subjects? That's classified. How can we help if you don't tell us, you ding-dong? <laughs> I can't just call people ding-dongs. I can. 
Captain Melbeck is going to do um, a survival check to try and um, assess where these things are that have gotten loose, if there's any around us, if there's any tracks for where they might be. Um, and I'm assuming that these are aberrations again? You do not know, vis-a-vis the subjects. You know the thing you tracked here, which was part of the crew of the Dragonfly was. Okay. Um, should we do survival or investigation to investigate what's happening here? Investigation to to know what's happening here. Okay, I'm d- I'm doing a survival to see if I can work out where these things are. So I get an eight. I rolled a nine for investigation. <laughs> I don't know shit. I rolled a nine as well, and I, and I rolled a two. Yeah, failures all around. You guys will look around the lobby, and you don't really see anything useful. You uh, maybe spot like a map that's uh, only the non-classified areas, and you see there's a corridor behind the desk, and then it branches off, and then everything beyond that's classified. So it's not super helpful. Um, you don't know what's going on here. You know the voice told you that subjects are out of their cages, which is not ideal, but it looks like you might just need to stumble into them. I'm going to use Divine Sense and and see if I can detect any of their any locations of... If they happen to be fiends or undead, at least then I'll know. Um, all right, so Divine Sense is a thing you get as a paladin, and you can detect fiends, undead, and celestials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, within 60 feet. Within 60 feet, yeah. So you, you turn on your paladin senses, and you do not sense any of those. Okay, well, that's that's at least knowledge. I would like to cast Detect Magic. Mm-hmm. To detect if there's any, like, magic-y shit going down. I think you probably detect two faint magic signals from the other end of the corridor behind the door. Well, then that seems like where we want to be going, then, doesn't it? Seems the most interesting place to go, at least. All right. I'm a little scared, but okay. I'm very small. Yep, going. Let's go. Please don't make me lead the way. All right, so you guys open the door, and you begin walking down this creepy hallway in this uh, forbidden underground facility. Does it have, like, the creepy flickering lights and stuff? Naturally. And, like, dripping sounds? Mm. Oh, there's just all kinds of dripping sounds. Oh no, they're weird aliens. They're gonna be all drippy. Oh, is this gonna be the tendrils we were promised? <laughs> the tendrils we were promised by Laura Kate Dale. <laughs> uh, so at the end of this corridor, you see where the two ch- uh, detect magic signals are coming from, and they are coming from two wands being held by two figures in radiation suits at the end of this hallway, and they are facing away from you, standing at the end of this hallway. You wouldn't happen to be the people that were um, sending out a distress beacon, would you? You do not get replies from the two figures with the wands. Oh, that's so creepy. Um, This might be a bad idea. But I thought it might be fun to try and detect thoughts on one of them. If you ever have to say an idea might be a bad idea, that's usually a good sign that that's the thing you should do. It's probably a good idea. All right, so you use detect thoughts, which lets you read the surface thoughts of a creature, or if they can't, if they fail a wisdom saving throw, to get their deep inner thoughts. Yes. Yes. Uh, Sixteen. Shit, where is my thing? No, I have thirteen. All right, so you just get the surface thoughts, and all you see is. I'm going to hate it. Yeah, you're going to hate it. It's like you see darkness and red as like when you close your eyes and you see the back of your eyelids like that, like veiny darkness. They're mind controlled. I want to use Mage Hand on one of them, like tap it on the shoulder. 
No, just take their wand. All right, you tap it on the shoulder, and it turns around. Actually, both of them do. And you see two humans in radiation suits holding wands. Do they have weird faces? Like, expressions? Well, they have blood coming out of their nose and eyes and ears and mouth, so... Somebody with distancy hands should take the wand. Uh, can I use medicine to determine, like, why their blood is shooting out of their face? It's not shooting out of. It's trickled down and it's kind of dried. It's like black blood. Okay. Do I know of anything, like, specifically that caused it that I should then thus avoid going forward? Uh, yeah. Why don't you roll medicine? Crit fail. All right. So you walk up and you're like, hmm, I think this might be... Uh, I'm trying to think of a funny planet name. This might be like Uranus fever. And <laughs> as you get cl- as you get close, you're looking in their eyes to try to see what the what the ailment is. Uh, they both shoot you with their wands. Roll initiative. Oh, should have taken the wand. Um. So first, uh, Doctor Adler. Tw- ooh, a crit and a seven. Uh, what's the wand do? Uh, they both point their wands at you. One shoots out a, a, a spout of fire. One shoots out a, a spout of ice. All right. Can I counterspell the 22? The the one that hits me, the crit? Yes. Since it counts as magic, I'm just going to counterspell it away. Like, snap my finger and like, no. All right. So you're getting close to these two creepy people in radiation suit with, with wands. They both point them at you and try to shoot you in the face point blank. And you just snap your fingers and they fizzle. Very cool. Yes, and then I roll a two for initiative. Not ideal. <laughs> I, I'm supposed to go last. I'm the medic. 16 for initiative. 16. I had 15. So uh, Captain Melbeck, then Dreg, then Sasha, then enemies, then Dr. Adler. Okay, so if I'm up first, I'm just going to take a, a shotgun blast at one of them because that's what I'm good at. Uh, uh, 10, does that hit? It does not. As Sasha Ooh. explained, the radiation suits. Wow, very good against fragments. Damn it, I'm so good. Oh no. Uh, so yeah, Captain Melbet takes a shot and just completely misses. She's thrown off guard. She was she was hoping for friends. These are not space friends. You were startled in this creepy uh, underground hallway with bleeding-eyed monsters. It's understandable what happens to everyone. Indeed, I, I I thought I was here to make friends, and blood blood faces is not a good sign for friendship. All right, and it's Dreg's turn. Now they're humans; they'll have skinny little wrists. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna try and grab a wrist and break it. <laughs> so you want to roll your attack damage, or is are you trying to grapple? Uh, I, no, I'll roll my attack damage. Uh, <laughs> nine. Nope. That is no bueno. Nope, they just start backpedaling as you start coming towards them with your big meaty paws. Aww. Like you would. Yeah. No, under- it's an understandable reaction. <laughs> um, all right, Sasha, your turn. Your friends have not laid a hand on these dudes. Right. My inspiration is back to full because we had a rest between the last mission. I'm going to try and use my rapier to s- just like poke him in the paw. Poke him. Stab him through like the spacesuit to try and get him to drop one of them to drop a wand, and I will use my where did I where to go my psychic blades. So, oh, I botched. Oh man, uh, I was really excited to do a stab. What were you saying before about us being more confident this time you're, around? You're really excited about doing a stab. 
then in that case, let's do another re-roll. Conduit of spirit. Yes. Uh, take another shot and I just give you a rousing. Go on, give it another, give it another stab. You almost had it there, dear. I love my hippo mother. 15. That hits. All right. So that is going to be, I stab him. I'm trying to stab him in the hand. Give him to drop a wand. I don't know if that works. All right. So this is the piercing. Just six. And then because of the psychic blades, I'm going to say, you look terrible in that color. <laughs> Damn, fashion burn. Uh, so 11 total. All right. So uh, this one is backpedaling away from Dreg, who's trying to rip, rip, rip him in half with his bare hands. And you run forward, uh, inspired by Captain Melbeck, and you lunge with your rapier and you stab him through the hand and you pin his arm to the wall. Does it go of the wand? He does. It clatters to the ground. Can I pick it up? It's just a spellcasting focus. You have one. Oh, okay. So they're not like mind controlled by the wands. Well, I, I suppose if you picked it up, that would stop them from being able to go and pick it back up and right. use their spellcasting focus. That's kind of what I was thinking if I'm allowed to take it. You have one free interaction per turn. Yeah, I'm going to take the wand so he can't pew me. All right, and now it is enemy's turn. The one who has not dropped his wand is going to shoot another uh, blast of fire at Dr. Adler. Uh, Six, that misses. You guys are dueling over there. And the one that's pinned to the wall uh, looks in your eyes, Sasha. Uh Uh-oh. And its face explodes. No! As something comes rip-roaring out of its head. Oh, I don't like that. You probably shouldn't. (laughs) Here's a picture of it. No. Does anybody want to describe what you're seeing in the roll 20? It's a brain dog. It is a brain with paws. <laughs> I swear to God, this is a real de- canonical Dungeons and Dragons creature. It is called an intellect devourer. That's rude. That seems like a... Th- is this just like what mind flayers have as pets? Is this like a an illithid's pet? I think you maybe you want to roll nature to find out about the life cycle of illithids. All I know is by name alone is that Dreg has nothing to fear from it. <laughs> Quite the opposite, in fact, but we'll get to it. Well, yeah, I yeah, I can imagine based on what I've witnessed here. I got an eight on nature. I got 16. I got 23. So 16 and 23 pass. Um, so you guys know that Illithids, uh, as Scourge of the Universe, are a pretty famous adversary. Uh, they have a pretty simple life cycle. Uh, first, they are tadpoles, like literally just like little fi- fish looking things like the size of a thumb, but they have little lamprey mouths. They are implanted in the head of a humanoid and they eat through its brain and be- then take over the body. The face like sprouts tentacles and then they look like, you know, humanoid Cthulhu's uh, four tentacles where their mouth is uh, slick octopi like skin uh they are a kind of iconic creature but if you haven't seen them before uh they basically look like a lovecraftian creature once they are that the illithid the mind flayer uh they have a couple of different uses for brains one is they just eat them Mm. they require them to survive hence the term mind flayer so they crack open people's heads and eat their brains love to chomp love to chomp another thing they do is remove brains and take them to the Elder Brain, which is the leader of Illithid society, every uh, Illithid culture, every every Illithid civilization has one Elder Brain, which rules them all telepathically simultaneously, and brains are thrown into its vat. It has like a big, like mucusy vat of, of stuff that the brain floats in, and it feeds off the psychic energy of brains that are given to it, and 
Brains that aren't good enough for that are either eaten, as said, or turned into intellect devourers, this creature you are fighting. Uh, they literally are just brains with four legs on the bottom, and they run around, and they use uh, psychic uh, assaults to overwhelm enemies, and then they replace their brains. Huh. They can, uh, once once the person is sufficiently stunned, they teleport into the, other, the, the, the stunned person's head, uh, replacing and devouring their brain. Fun. Fun. Which is what happened to at least two members of the Dragonfly crew. Aww. Mm. So this intellect devourer bursts through this guy's face, out through the suit, and it's going to attack you, Sasha, with its... Can it not? <sighs> Let me think about it. <laughs> no. Dang. Okay. Come at me, scrub lord. I'm ripped. You need to make an intelligent saving throw. You're our planner. I thought you were smart. It's a five. It's a five from me, dog. You fail miserably. Uh, let me look at consequences for, for drinking more. Oh, no, my brain. <laughs> uh, mm, speak. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon you can take this or or do you need do you need do you need to not have have brain eating? Okay, um I'll just hope for the best. Alright, so you take eleven damage from the psychic blast of uh Oof. telekinetic power that comes off of this creature, and then I make a roll to see if you are sufficiently stunned, and if you are, then your brains are good for the taking. Fuck. Uh I rolled an eight, that is lower than your intelligence score, so you are not stunned. <sighs> My brain. So yes, yeah, psychic energy ex- slams into your brain from this thing as it tries to overwhelm you. And if it succeeds, your, t- your tongue lolls out of your mouth and you drool on yourself. And then it just kind of walks up in there. And now it's Sasha and you're dead. Oh, and then I have no character. Yeah. So try not to do that. Well, if if it looks like that's going to happen, I can just keep re-rolling till the brain the brain's numbers low okay, enough. So now we know. Next time, just re-roll. <laughs> or until Captain Melbeck blacks out in which case then your brain is noom nooms that's true yeah yeah i don't want my brain to be num nums <laughs> all right it is now dr adler's turn so once the brain has made it w- its way in and taken over is there any chance to save that person is there a way to remove the brain and like save the host um only with extremely powerful magic such as wish okay once the intellect devourer teleports in, it eats the brain, basically. It absorbs it in a kind of teleportation. Oh, so they're both goners. Yeah, they are They are dead, dead. Oh, that's a bummer. So we can squish this guy, I won't feel bad. What, quote the book, the intellect devourer magically consumes the target's brain, teleports into the target's skull, and takes control of the target's body. That's sad. Yeah, that's pretty cut and dry. I I wonder, (laughs) I'm going to give these guys names. I don't know if it was their names, but I'm really sad about Fred and Jeff. Uh, All right. So I guess I need to try to deal with the the one that's that's trying to attack Sasha. Uh, Question. How much does a brain weigh? This is me asking, not the doctor character. Um, Isn't that like two fists? So which isn't that the thing? Hearts, one fist, brains, two. So would you say that it's less than five pounds? I say you should just tell me if you're going to do a cool thing and do the cool thing. I want to I want to use the uh, kinetic spell. It's one of my domain spells. So it's a kinetic power called catapult. And I want to catapult that brain across the room. Hell yeah, that rules. Apparently an average adult human brain is about three pounds. So you're probably fine. 
Yeah, right in the range. So, uh, this isn't technically how the rule is supposed to work, but the creature would, I guess, make a dexterity saving throw. All right. And it would have to be above 13, then. Yeah, I, for, I, if I recall, catapult isn't as cool as it sounds, but let's... It's, you don't get to launch creatures, technically, but usually there aren't creatures that are less than five pounds, so... It's a brain. Last season, I took catapult, and I don't think I used it once. It, it's, it sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the intellect of our fails, six. And I forgot how math works for a second there. Excuse me. Yeah, same. Uh, so 13 damage. I want that that brain to be splatted over to the side. Yeah, it slams into the wall with a squish and juices go everywhere and it falls to the ground. It's still alive, but it's not it's not looking good. You squished his whole dome. Uh, I'm, I'm specifically trying to launch it away from Sasha as well. Thank you. Uh, it's a very narrow hallway and they attack at range. So it's more more of a moral gesture than a tactical one. It's like, hey, my friend, don't do that. Yeah, it's thoughtful. Uh, Captain Melbeck, it's your turn. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the shotgun to the 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 brain that is out of the body and and running around. Shoot that brain! Uh, that's a twenty to hit that brain. Oh yeah, that's a hit. That's that is indeed a hit. Uh, so I do. Uh, that's a ten. Pay me a picture. Uh, I I I I walk as as close as possible to this thing, and I just go. I like my friends' brains. They're the most interesting bit of conversation that they have. And pull the trigger. All right, you pinata this dude all over the hallway. <laughs> uh, and there is one uh, human man in a spacesuit uh, left. He is unharmed. But he's dead, right? The guy you pinned has been dead. Yeah, his body's still pinned. But yeah, it's Dreg's turn and there's still one person. And I am going to punch him in the head. <laughs> a reasonable response. Punch that head clean off, drag. Okay, that's a crit. Sure is. Just love that Shrek is staring at me from the roll 20. <laughs> <laughs> Just love into my eyes. Yeah, I don't know if I told the audience, but the, the icons we're using, uh, drag is Shrek. Uh, Sasha is the owl from Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, Dr. Adler is the Merfolk Mistbinder Magic the Gathering card. And uh, Captain Melbeck is the hippo from Disney. I don't recall the hippo's name off the top of my head. But hippo the- from Fantasia. The Fantasia one that does the ballet. And 11 damage. All right. Uh, paint me a picture. What do you do? Uh, so seeing that this other one is dealt with, uh, Drake turns to face the other one with the wand and just does a full, full pull back with... Uh, with right and plows straight through the head of the uh, the suited man. <laughs> okay, so canonically you have the strength to punch a man's head off. That yes. Okay, that's good to know. That's why he's our security officer. No, it's very good. I just wasn't sure until he said it. <laughs> so the head comes off. That's cool. And then uh, you see four legs uh, rip through the bottom of this severed head, and the brain is still kind of encased in this head uh, dome, and it begins scuttering around the floor. It's a quite a scene. Is that my turn? Yep, it is now Sasha's turn. The intellect devourer is, t- is its own creature. For flavor, it's kind of stuck half in the head like a chick in a shell, an eggshell. But Adorable. Mm-hmm. Can we keep it as a pet? <laughs> no. No, we cannot. <laughs> Please let him eat your brains. I'm going to stab him through the head because it doesn't waste a spell slot. That's an 18. That hit, dog? Sure does, dog. How does nine treat you? 
Uh, you stab it, and it goes in like halfway in, and it scuttles away from you, not dead, but leaking. Fine. Also the name of my debut album, Not Dead But Leaking. Um, all right, so it is now Intellect Devourer's turn, and because you punched its head off, it is going to mind blast Dreg, who is the most susceptible to its powers, Dreg. That is true. Intelligent saving throw. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say minus two. Uh, five, that's not great. Oh, that's extremely bad, actually. Uh, mm. My my question right now is I'm I'm gonna use a re-roll to try and get Dreg out of this. The question is whether I re-roll Dreg and try and get him a higher number, or if I try and re-roll the uh the intellect devourer and get its number lower. I don't know if it makes a huge difference, but because Dreg does have a a negative modifier. It's a it's a three D six to do it. Mathematically speaking, there's a higher chance of it getting more than ten. Then there is if Dreg just not, you know, there's a 50% chance Dreg just rolls above a 10, which could be the DC. So Okay. Uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take another shot. So now my my movement speed is halved, but I'm gonna re-roll uh Dreg's seven. Uh Dreg's five. Yay. Thirteen. That's better. Thirteen does make it, so you're only gonna take half. Yay. Uh, you take five psychic damage, and because you saved, uh, you do not have to make the check to uh, be stunned. Okay. So, Captain Melbeck maybe saved your life. Yay! Huzzah! The power of booze again! Dr. Adler, it's your turn. Are these things, intelligence of ours, are they, are they sentient? Uh, they are sentient. They are not sapient. Sapient, rather. Um... So there's nothing we could get from like trying to even like figure out information from it. I said do no harm, so I'll let someone else kill it. So I'll uh I'll use my turn to heal me, please. To uh give a cure wounds to Sasha. Oh thank God. <laughs> so one D eight plus three. So you get back nine health. Woo! That's most of my health. Alright, Captain Melbeck, it's your turn. Um I'm going to fire the shotgun at the uh, the remaining intellect devourer and just say, all of my friends are very smart. Stop trying to beat their brains. I'd, I'd, I'd have a much more boring time if they're all drooling at the mouth. 22. That hits. Uh, six damage. Yep. You, so you shoot, you blast one of its leggies off. Aw, it's leggies. Yep, but it's it's still technically alive. It's very God. alive. God. Dad resilient thing. Ooh. Step on it, Dreg. It is now Dreg's turn. Oh, Dreg gonna step. <laughs> you do enjoy a big step. Ah, that's lousy. That's not gonna do it. Uh, that, that's a 10. That's not gonna do it. It's not. It's not. Sasha. It's up to me now. I'm gonna do another big stab. Uh, nine? No, it's not enough. Wow. You guys, you bunch of goofers. <laughs> this fucking tiny brain. We can't fucking kill it. <laughs> um, hmm. Who would it attack? Uh, so Captain Melbeck just blew off its leg, so it's going to attack you with its psychic assault. Uh, in- no. Intelligence saving Mom. throw. Uh, intelligence saving throw. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not the most intelligent there is. Uh, that's a two. I'm going to re-roll that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we're we're now one roll away from where you said things get bad. Yeah, things are gonna get bad if I re-roll again, but we'll we'll see. Um, <laughs> cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, twelve. Will that do? Yes, that will do. Okay. 
Uh, ooh, that's a good roll. You take seven damage, halved, of course, because you saved. You do not have to make the stun save. Okay. Um, but you get blasted. And once again, this is really the first fight of this arc. Usually, long-time listeners will know there's a couple episodes in an arc, so it's getting kind of dire over in Hippo Land. It's it's fine. I can still do things. Does that recover? Time. When do you recover? At the end of the arc. Long long rest. Long rest, yeah. Oh, no. Dr. Adler. All right, well, I was going to try to avoid having to actually, like, kill something, even if it's a creature, but... Uh, it sounds like we're we're in some dire straits, so I'm going to use Sacred Flame, which I'm kind of reflavoring to be uh, a tactical beam that Steve Day fires out. <laughs> so the intellect of our needs to make a dexterity saving throw. 13 is the save. 12. Yeah, you eat shit. Get him, uh, Steve Dave. <laughs> it's going to lose by one. Four. Yep, that's enough. Pay me a picture. Uh, so Steve Dave fires a little laser beam and it goes right through the creature's head and then I'm gonna go, tell him Steve Dave! <laughs> and it, uh, it's dead now. I mean, technically, that's not really you breaking your pacifism oath if it was your robot. No, it's the robot. <laughs> the robot did it. <laughs> that no way undercuts the entire concept of your character. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stupid uh, brain thing. It was gonna eat us all anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so one brain has been just t- fully exploded by shotgun and the other has been stabbed, uh, dismembered, and then zapped and it is toast. Uh, and there's two dead human bodies and then the two messy brains in here. I'm going to be a little bit slower the rest of our uh, thing. I think I had a few too many shots there, so just just bear with me. I might be a little slow for a minute. Uh so I want to do two things. I guess the first is I probably need to hell, uh, heal the captain because you took a lot of damage on that last one. Yeah, I took about 10 damage. I'll, I'll use uh, another spell slot to heal you for four. Not a great roll, but <laughs> do you want to take a shot and I could heal you for more? No, no, I think I'm all <laughs> right, actually. I'll take the four. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to heal myself for five with lay on hands. And then I want to check the bodies. I want to see if there's any kind of identification or anything on these people. Very good question. Um, investigation roll. I don't want to roll D eight, D twenty, nineteen. Very good. Um, so you start rifling through these guys' suits and their pockets and so forth, and you find that they were members of the Dragonfly crew. They're adventurers of some sort. Um, they don't have name tags or ID or badges or anything. Which is not totally unusual. Sometimes you leave those things behind. Um, there's not people checking ID on Fairmont, of course. But it is with a 19, it is conspicuous how little they have on them. It seems like they are deliberately obscuring something. Let's, let's say that you'd expect to find more. And the fact that there's so little is sus- suspicious. I'm going to yell out, but also think really hard. Hey, guy who is talking in my brain. What's good? It is I. You may refer to me as Objectivus. Wow, that's cute. I am not cute. I am fearsome and mighty. Can I just say, Objectivus sounds like the name that a really terrible, like, angsty teenage male YouTuber would have while he has his, like, I I know I have the correct opinions about everything YouTube channel. That would be Objectivus. I am the angry, rational philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, does he like Jordan Peterson? (laughs) Cultural Marxism is destroying this facility. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so what's up with these little brain puppies? They're full of feminism. <laughs> God. Uh, I want to do a survival check now that I know what it is we're looking for. I uh, hopefully with advantage because these these intellect devourers are aberrations to try and track. Do we know where the rest of these intellect devourers are in the facility? Um, so you don't even make, need to make a check. At the end of this corridor, there's another door, and you can see that there is like the bloody handprints on it. It seems like that that is the direction to go. Okay. Is Objectivist, is it just those four? We got two. Is it just two more? Objectivist, please. <laughs> those were the intellect devourer specimens. There are many more specimens. Security has been breached. Okay, so there's not more things that are going to try and eat our brains. Not telepathically. <laughs> so, so now there's two illithids, huh? That is classified. Objectivist, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't tell me. <laughs> I'm not actually just, come on, dude. Help us help you. Uh, yeah, what are you trying to persuade him to do? Tell us more stuff. Uh-huh. I rolled a 17. Give us the deets. What's the lowdown? What's the skinny? This is a research facility for finding a solution to the illithid's nutrition problem. Oh, I can dig that. Ah, so you're trying to find something other than brains that they can feast upon. Correct. Illithids can only eat the brains of intelligent sapient creatures, which do not enjoy being harvested. Can I do uh, an insight on this? Mm-hmm. Because I, I find it suspicious that this is planned, but the first thing we saw was a place where they eat brains. So, seven. So, probably not very good. I'm like, yeah, it's a, all story checks out. Yeah, with a seven, it seems, that seems kosher. I'm an owl. Oh, I botched. You botched. You think not only is uh, Objectivist a real cool cool dude, you think that you have to save him because he's figured out a way to save the Illithids without hurting anybody. Oh, what are you, Objectivist? Like... I'm a bird. What are you? I cannot disclose this for my own safety. Are you an illithid? Are you gonna eat my brain? What flavor is it? <gasps> uh, bad. I mean, it's not a stretch to assume he's an illithid, right? Like, there was illithid braille on the way in, and he's talking to us in our mind, so... I was still picturing him being a worm for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like it's more about you than it is me. Uh, it's trash garbage flavor. Ick! Yeah, so we can be friends now because you're not going to eat any of our brains if we save you from the specimens, right? Deal! Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> I'm a cast zone of truth. You, no, he's too far away. Damn it, he's too far away. I'm going to get you later. <laughs> By the time you're close enough to do Zone of Truth, he might be trying to eat your brain. I feel like it's got a, enough range that I could escape. Ew, I don't want to eat your brains. There's no Jordan Peterson in here. It's all feminism videos. Eh? I hate it. <laughs> it's full of Steven Universe and the new Star Wars. All right, so you guys open the door with the bloody prints on it because that's what we're doing now. Yeah. And on the other side, you guys see a circular room, which has two branching hallways coming off of it. Uh, the first thing you notice about this room is that there's half an elf on one side of the room, and there's half an elf on the other side of the room. 
Cool. Like spit horizontally or vertically? Uh, horizontally across the waist. Okay. Is the head is all there or does it look like something exploded out of the brain? Uh, it does not look like something exploded out of the brain. It looks like two things were tugging on opposite ends. They tug of war him. Yikes. And maybe they went down opposite hallways because they are labeled. One is labeled soul specimens, S-O-L, and one is labeled Markov specimens. Huh. So, I mean, we're going to go down the Markov one. Well, we already see boring human shit. Let's go see Koalian shit. Is, is this a chunky salsa rule moment? Or is this like, could our medic maybe sew this person together? Come on. All right. For new listeners, the chunky salsa rule is a tabletop concept, which says if something happens that would logically reduce someone to the consistency of chunky salsa, they are dead. Uh, no matter what the numbers on the paper say, uh, being torn clean in half and thrown into opposite ends of a room. I'm pretty sure they're dead. I, I'm going to say that's Pico de Gallo, my dude. Well, this, this is where I go like, well, I asked that question deliberately so we could explain the rule and definitely not just me trying ah. to loot rules lawyer my way into maybe saving someone. That's that classic video game tutorial thing. Yeah. I vote Markov. Why not? Let's get wild with it. Let's get sassy. I, th- I think, considering how that last room went, we're probably wisest to all go in one direction and then all go in the other direction rather than splitting up. Yes, please. Yes. I'm so small. Right, which <laughs> way did you say we were going? You're the captain, you yeah, go. Which, which right? way did we want to go? Markov, Markov, Markov. Right, Markov it is. How is that better than you got any uh, credits? I do have credits, Lauren. Thank you for asking. (laughs) In fact, I have all the credits that you could possibly want for September 2018. Would you like to hear them? Uh, We do music first. There's actually a lot of music because we're crediting both the end of last season and the beginning of the new season all at once. So we have New Jack Mantle, an arrangement of The Mantle from Nights into Dreams uh, by Overclocked Remix. We have Linear Groove, an arrangement of A-Type and B-Type from Tetris, also by Overclocked Remix. We have Your Reality, Future Bass Remix from Doki Doki Literature Club by The Musical Ghost. We have Morning Thinker, an arrangement of Thinker from Armored Core 4 by Overclocked Remix. And The Sound of the Galaxy, an arrangement of Freedom's Progress from Mass Effect by Overclocked Remix. Wow, I'm impressed. You have heard a music? I have heard a single music. (laughs) Just one music. How was it? Musical. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) All right, do you want to read the executive producers for September? Damn, I wanted to say the executive producers. Well, you didn't say it. The executive producers for September are... Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Random web person. <laughs> Griffin McElroy. <laughs> I don't think so. No, probably not. It's a good joke, though. Thank you. Do you think you. we did it, boys? I don't think so. Uh, Jesse Young. Devin Smith. Brent, the best lover I've never had. Goatly. The Cult of Gorfanax. Savard Nakrasimova. Paul Mullen. Tushikura. Oh, gosh. My, my mouth did a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Toshiro Kuro, editor of Attack on Dice. Brendan Williams. <gasps> Possum Kingdom Refugee, take me to the Possum Kingdom. <laughs> Dr. Goatman. Andrew Grothen. Levy, the young conduit of not mad, just disappointed. I feel like that's you. Oh. Francois V. Kevin Dobbins. Robert Dakin. Anthony Sauvier. Morgan Rapp. Meow Mazelle. That's, that's like a good. French cat. Meow Mazelle. Meow Mazelle. Yeah. Matthew Schultz. Melody the Gay Shark. Same. <laughs> that's just a dice funk character. <laughs> character. Right. Ian uh. Morgan. Rain, conduit of wetness herself. Uh oh. Emo Git. Eventual Eden. Fubar. Brittany and Jermaine Walls. Ashley. No, just Ashley. Dirge Novak. Sam Stanowitz. S. Kearney. John Kerry. <laughs> the former presidential candidate, John Kerry. Uh, Joseph. Oh. Yeah? I just, I just realized. What? I forgot he existed. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Joseph Mavero, the unsexy arrow. That was That's fun to say. That's a great rhyme. That was, that was a blast. Thank you. Drew James. Michael Merdes. 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 Ebron, the boy that lived. Exos. Oh, fight. Oh, fight? Oh, you want to fight? I oh. feel like that is etymologically linked to snakes somehow. Anyway. Oh. Transient passerby. Uh, ink drop the chondra hashtag respect if you know what a chondra is i don't know respect for me oh maybe next time yeah press after pay respects ah conduit of q jumping itself oh i'm so happy i get to read this one uh justin berthiesel conduit of oh itself <laughs> ross vita stay tuned for a wedding Ooh, some people are just going to start announcing like engagements and like childbirths in our credits. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a lot of uh, responsibility. Yeah, Bloody Roar needs pangolins. It does. Saritha Conduit of Puns. Julian Phillips. Lindsay Pankhurst. Jeff Clark. Lauren Cates. Counter Fifth. Jack Clough. Richard G. Coles. Kiefer Lowe. E. Corin. Last Cruise. Dr. Tao. Sean Lyonsberg. <laughs> Big Two Boy, conduit of getting dunked on. You. <laughs> Oops. Matthias Leckitz. Janiac, form of candy flipping in a bouncy castle and giggling like a, and then it cuts off. They That's went, pretty good. Flew too, too close to the sun on that one. <laughs> Harley Astor. Primordial Orc. Andrew Fallu, conduit of me- mediocrity itself, as always. Same. Puck. Uh, f- 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 butcher my name, <laughs> Nicolopolis. <laughs> okay. I'll leave the audience to d- decide how that was spelled. <laughs> Dice Funk Season 5, Funkzilla's Revenge. Oh, they've spoiled it now. Uh, Joaquin Gronig. Jerry, conduit of shipping, and apparently that also makes me a god. Uh-oh! Don't tell Lauren! Uh, Jasper Singh. John Barnett. Cucumber. Hustlebones. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravalo. Yam! Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z2361.9. Quench the Void. Vizzy, Huggles, Conduit of the Same River Twice. 
J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness Itself. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Mazjin. Criterion. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tam. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, Conduit of Name Butchering Winewick Ford. I read a Zandro Light novel in... <laughs> he acted into a patron? Transformed, I believe. Transformed. Okay. <laughs> they, tried, they, they got it in another word count, so... They did. I'm impressed, but confused. It's a reference to the way light novel titles are written. Oh, okay. Sure. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Fursell. Eleanor Nonantesis Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Mel Tish. Arjun de Koning. Grimlock. John Potts. Noah Sudret. Ziphosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Caster UK. Elderly Goose. <laughs> just oh, went no, ba- <laughs> I, I got lost and I got really excited about the goose. <laughs> just jump back five to yell at <laughs> the goose. I just about a goose. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm at Aki Savalainen. Uh-huh, the paladin's wife. Florian H. Charm Wilkie, conduit of introversion itself. Is that you? Sometimes. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Melissa Nielsen. Dawn. Reynard, the conduit of being stoned. I will fight you on that one, Reynard. <laughs> Brit Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Detlifson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankson. Bankston. <laughs> Josh Mosier. Indigo Vandane. Allison the Purple. Sydney Marsing. Just a Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. How do you change your name to make it a joke? <laughs> Somebody tell him. <laughs> he did it though. Oh, I guess so. That's a good joke. Cameron Abbott's. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Anna. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Vagar Arnston. Cody Jackson. August Rue. The Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Marietta, Georgia. Luke Powers. <laughs> I'm just imagining a whole ch- church listening to this and then I'm bursting out in applause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hedron Master. Erwan Lilagadek. Michael Hall. Ingemar Grimon. We did it. You can say that. Well, technically, sounds came out of our mouths. Yes, we did make sounds. Uh Uh-huh. I love to make a sound. They're very good. I can't believe we just finished the season, and now we're on a whole new season. It never stops. Life just comes at you. You know what they say? Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. (laughs) They say the days start coming, and they don't stop coming. And I gotta tell you, it's very accurate. Oh, gosh. How fucking dope would it be, though, if Griffin McElroy was actually, like... You want to rematch, Griffin? I beat you in Bloodborne, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i hope he is listening now no he's gonna be mad at me uh people on our show mm, yeah twitters and stuff we have people and then you gotta follow their stuff i'm margalicious i'm garbage sorry um i mean i'm at patreon.com slash austin if you want to support me chris is at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap Laura is at kotaku.co.uk. Also, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Chris is Rolo T on Twitter. Are you even listening? Are you writing this down? You have to take notes. Why am I even saying this? Yeah, what he said. Conrad, Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter, everywhere. Follow stuff. God.
sketch.bandcamp.sketch.com. .sketch.bandcamp.sketch.bandcamp. Dot com. Dot bandcamp. Slash. Bandcamp. Slash sketch. He's going to murder us. There needs to be a super cut of every time we've tried to say that URL on the various credits. Right. Um. Thanks to all the animals. Apparently there's some new cats joining the background. <gasps> Conrad's cats. So we'll have to get him to talk, talk about his cats on air sometime. We'll have to trip, trick him into talking about his cats. Uh, Zelda's asleep very high up. Anna's probably foraging in the garbage. Smudge is uh, Laura's cat. Probably being really good because she's not a gorblin. Uh, Scotia. Uh, Chris's dog. She borks sometimes. Uh, there's a dog that lives across the street from Austin. That's a good dog. Dotskitch.com. Dotskitch.bandcamp. Slash camp. Slash band. <laughs> Dot band. <laughs> Dot slash, sketch. Slash sketch. Dot com. Slash music. 